Welcome back to the Swedish podcast. In this episode, we are carrying on with the battle. In the previous episode, we talked about how the six were carving into the Mughal forces here. And Jodrai, amongst um, other six like Bidhi Chand and the Brahmin uh, Malak Jati, were also um, commanders who were taking forces and cutting into the Mughal forces. So that's where chapter 51 um, picks up in Jodrai having received orders from Guru Hargobind is now carving into the Mughal forces. He's also with his brother Salim Shah as well. So Lala Beg is now even is even more furious seeing that uh, his younger brother Qasim Beg or sorry Kambar Beg was killed and and now the six are making heavy um, gains into the Mughal ranks here. So Lala Beg is surrounded by a hundred of the the highest order of warriors in the Mughal uh, forces. So these soldiers would always stay with Lala Beg. Uh, the text talks about how they're beautifully decked out in the most exquisite uh, weapons and jewelry. Uh, they had very expensive clothing on. They were mounted on top of the finest horses of the area. They're very well built, very tall, very strong. And the text describes them as having very light skin as well. Their heads are shaven and they, their diet basically consists of meat only. The clothing that they were wearing, as I mentioned, was very expensive. Um, and these soldiers were constantly in the company of Lala Beg. So they were basically his drinking buddies as well. They would always joke around with Lala Beg. So these are the type of soldiers that were surrounding Lala Beg. They knew all aspects of Shastravidya, like uh, martial arts, the science of weapons, from hand-to-hand to grappling to weapons, bladed weapons to projectiles to tactics to strategy. And they were surrounding Lala Beg as this force then enters the battlefield. Um, and they they carve out a space where Lala Beg's eldest son, Qasim Beg, who was killed in the previous episode, um, so where he was killed, they run to that section and basically um, in doing so, because the warriors were so highly skilled, very well trained, they approached that area while shooting out arrows, gunshots. It talks about how these warriors were not afraid at all. They're very courageous. And with their pressure, they were able to push back those sick forces around that area. And they were able to get Lala Beg, the main general, close to his son's body. And when Lalabeg then saw his son's body, Qasim Beg, just lying there in the dirt, you know, dead, bloodied, Lalabeg then began to cry. So Lalabeg's attention was wrapped up over the pain of, you know, the death of his eldest son here. And he's crying there, he's looking down. This very um, experienced veteran warrior of the six, Jeta, so Jeta is one of a uh, very long-standing Sikh, and his stories come up even in um, the, the stories related to Guru Arjun Dev Ji and earlier stories of Guru Hargobind. Very, very senior, long-standing Sikh. So Jeta saw this and saw that there was an opportunity here. So he sped up his horse and came in, came in front of the soldiers of, of Lala Beg, shooting his arrows out. And in getting close, then he takes out his sword and he starts chopping down the soldiers around Lala Beg. Now these are, again, remember, these are the most experienced um, Mughal soldiers of the area. And he had hoped that, all right, in cutting down some of the Mughals here, he's going to create a path, 
uh, to the main general, Lullabig. And he does create a path. He clears a small path out and rides close up to Lullabig. And he actually gets able so close that he strikes down with his sword on Lullabig, but it clips the helmet of Lullabig. Um, so it saves him there. Lullabig sees this, you know, him approaching. He gets hit. He quickly turns his horse then and cuts at Jeta. And his cut on Jeta causes a small wound. Um, and as he does this, the other soldiers around Lullabig then spring into action as well. And they all pounce on Jeta, you know, yelling, you know, kill him, kill him. Some of them were approaching. Some of these warriors were mainly decked out with swords. Some had guns and some had spears as well. And they end up chopping down Jeta's horse in the process. So now Jeta's just on foot, you know, and as I mentioned, you know, Jeta's a very senior veteran warrior of Guru Hargobind. Um, so the text mentioned how he has a white beard. And now he's surrounded from all sides. He's quickly turning from one side to the other, covering his back position. He's basically fighting, you know, in 360 degrees around him. Like he's encircled here. Because he's in the middle of all this, and he has that really white beard. The author mentions this as if it's like looking up at the moon surrounded by darkness. This is how wonderful and, and graceful uh, Jirta looked, even amongst, even in this you know, heat of battle. So amongst the Mughal soldiers around Jirta, one of them was named Ali Beg. Now Ali Beg had a long spear. And coming close to Jirta, then he stabbed Jirta on the right side of his torso, on the right side of his chest. And it went straight. In and out. So Ali Beg then pulls the, the spear out. Jeta, having not been hit in the heart, he's able to still uh, fight a little bit, and he jumps at Ali Beg and just chops his head off. And the soldiers around Ali Beg, he also chops them down, uh, a few of them down before um, being cut down by the by the, the Mughal soldiers there. And it mentions that Jeta took out many before, you know, eventually being cut down. And as he's being cut down, he has a smile on his face as he as he goes into uh, the afterworld. So on the other side of the battlefield, Malik Jati, the Brahmin uh, commander of Raghuru's forces, was pressing into the Mughal lines, um, where another son of uh, Lala Beg was leading forces. His name is Shamsh Beg. So Malik Jati was shooting arrows in that direction. And he was able to hit actually Shamsh Beg with one arrow that just goes straight through Shamsh Beg's body. Malik Jati then rides up closer to Shamsh Beg. Shamsh Beg is covering himself with a spear here and kind of retreats a little bit. So he gets out of the range of, of Malik Jati. But eventually he pulls himself together and he rides back to the front. Um, at which point Malik Jati then gets close and strikes down with his sword. Shamshbeg is able to protect himself with a shield on that strike. Malik Jati then quickly turns his horse around. So if you can imagine when Malik Jati struck down with his sword on Shamshbeg, their horses are basically side by side. Malik, uh, Shamshbeg is able to protect himself with the shield. Malik Jati then turns his horse around. So the back side of his horse is facing uh, Shamshbeg's horse, the side of that horse. And then that horse does like this back kick. So the back two feet of that of Malik Jati's horse kicks the horse and kicks Shamshbeg. And Shamshbeg then um, incurs an injury on his right foot, on his right leg, sorry. And then Malik Jati quickly turns around again. And as Shamshbeg is then tending to his injury on his foot, there's an opening on his, on his, 
upper part of his body. Malakjati sees this opening and quickly takes a strike to his neck and cuts off Shamshbeg's head. And it mentions in the text, just like how one takes kind of like this long stick and knocks up a, off a ripe fruit from a tree by hitting like the branch, like hitting an apple off. In the same way, Malakjati quickly just was able to just knock off uh, Shamshbeg's head, just like it's a fruit falling down. And then Shamshbeg's feet are still stuck in the stirrups of the horse um so the stirrups are like the where you put your feet when you're on on the saddle and you put your feet in these holders those are called the stirrups so Malik, uh sorry shamshbeg's uh feet are still stuck in this on the stirrups his body's still stuck and it kind of falls on one side of the horse the horse now is like hella confused with this like body hanging off of it so it kind of just runs around and is racing through the different parts of the battlefield. Um, and all the Mughals who are seeing this recognize, oh, that's a really fancy horse. Oh crap, that's the commander's horse. We can see by, you know, what he's wearing, his attire, right? So, you know, as they see this, their fear is just increased. And, you know, they're getting extremely worried. It eventually came, that horse was eventually just running around, running around. It eventually came around where Lullabeg, the main commander, was standing. And, you know, this is his youngest son now, he sees who's dead. And seeing that, he recognized, okay, that's the horse, that's the body of my son. Um, and he realizes then that, you know, this is my second son who's been killed. And the Mughals around him, those, you know, those very experienced warriors are saying, listen, this is what happens in war, don't dwell on this, you know, stay strong, basically. Um, but at the same time, Lullabeg is, is just engrossed in this. He's just, uh, you know, just in the worst of all pains, crying out, you know, that my family's been killed. I didn't know this would happen, you know. Um, I thought the Guru had such a little army. You know, I thought this would be a very quick and easy mission. And he's crying like this. And this is how chapter 52 ends, as, as Lullabeg is crying. We're going to jump into chapter 53 here as well. Um, so Lullabeg is crying, and there's a guard near him, one of those experienced warriors. He's called Gulkan. Gulkan couldn't stand Lullabeg crying like this, and he's giving him advice. Like, listen, nobody needs to tell you this. You're very smart. You know, you're very experienced. You know, this is what happens to warriors. You know, this is the battle. We live or we die. The end result, we shouldn't really care about here. But what we should care about is just maintaining our composure and fighting with bravery and honor here. Like, we can't leave the battlefield, only cowards do that. You know, for us, our duty here is to stay and fight honorably, such that, you know, people, um, our praise will be spread out through, entire, to, through the entire world here and in the next. But nobody needs to tell you this, you're very wise. You know, he's speaking as if, you know, a subordinate speaks to his superior. He doesn't want to um, sound like he's cussing him out. Um, so yeah, he continues to say this, these type of things, like, you know, God's created these world, this world, and, you know, actions, all the actions in this world are predestined. We shouldn't cry about what's happening, like your sons are killed. Um, basically, we have to continue to move forward here. And you'll be continually praised if you continue this fight now, having gone through this strategy. strategy. So, um, Lullabeg hears this, and then he, he kind of pulls himself together a little bit, there's another soldier there, Faiz Khan. Faiz Khan turns around and gives the same advice that we essentially, our strategy here now should be just to go after Guru Hargobind here. That will send shockwaves 
through the Sikh army if we're able to capture him. So Lullabeg agrees with this and sets out um, on this mission basically. So he goes now with his soldiers and he puts heavy pressure on the lines um, of the Sikhs, especially specifically where around Guru Hargobind is. So both sides um, meet, you know, uh, again they start shouting their battle cries, they're shooting out their rifles, the arrows, and very brutal battle is, is described here with people crying, people yelling, blood spilling, people's arms being cut here and there, uh, people being shot in the face. Um, so, you know, amongst all this brutality, the horrific sight, Guru Hargobind is watching and he has a smile on his face. He's ex extremely happy. He's shooting out arrows into the Mughal lines. As he's, as he's doing this, he yells out an order to Jodhrai, telling him personally to pull back and let the lines now battle it out. And he says to him, uh, the end is near. We should provide support um, from a, a position further back to help them. You know, shooting them down with bullets and arrows. So Jodhrai agrees, he pulls back. He himself actually is, at this point, he's wounded. Um, so when he pulls back, he receives medical assistance for his wounds. Bidhi Chand also asks uh, Guru Hargobind that, you know, he wants this thing to end. Let me go in. Um, let me lead the forces. Let me be on the front lines. Guru Hargobind says, no, no, no. Definitely do not do that. You're also injured. So stay back here. Uh, receive medical assistance and uh, let me handle it basically he says that Shah Jahan's forces are here and, and let me finish them off you know I'm gonna press I'm gonna lead the final assault here so Bidhi Chand and Jodhrai both then say in a very uh, devotional manner they say that uh, no one is basically equal to you Guru Hargobind even if you know the gods and the demons both came to uh, fight you from heaven and hell you would with one word, you'd be able to uh, destroy them. And in that one world, one word, you'd be able to create the whole universe again as well in that one moment. Uh, but those who are just people, they don't, uh, those idiots don't recognize your divinity. They don't understand this. So they're praising uh, Guru Hargobind in a very devotional manner here. So at this time, both forces, as I said, were battling each other, and guns are going off, arrows are flying both ways spears are being thrown and thrusted many of them on both sides many warriors on both sides are now falling um and guru hargobind sees this and starts shooting down moguls with his arrows so he's shooting these arrows as he's riding with his horse uh suhela up to the front lines and when uh guru hargobind gets to the front lines uh, lala beg the main commander from kabul he sees this and he thinks now he's thinking oh this is it my opportunity has come here um i'll be able to kill guru hargobind now so he he quickly then shoots some arrows off some of those arrows actually hit guru hargobind's horse Sohela. so guru hargobind's furious now and he pulls out a very special wide arrow like the tip of this arrow is very wide and he pulls it back as far as he can passes here and he shoots it straight into the forehead of Lala Beg's horse. That was a very expensive horse. Um, you know, he's the top general from Kabul. And it just drops that horse. And the author speaks about how that horse, um, how the arrow goes straight through that horse. It had so much power. So Lala Beg then quickly jumps off. He's extremely pissed. He shoots back arrows. 
He shoots back enough arrows, eventually a, a bunch of these arrows hit Sahila again, and eventually drop Sahila. So the text talks about how this horse, you know, what a great fortune this horse had, that, you know, it stayed at Guru's, uh, Guru Hargobind's side while it was living, and then it gave its life uh, beside Guru Hargobind in service. Um, and in doing so, it left all pain, all attachment in this world, uh, and it went uh, to the realm of the gods, never to return again, so meaning it was liberated. So Bidichan then quickly ran to the spot where Guru Hargobind was on foot, and he said, you know, let me supply you with another horse, I'll call an attendant, we'll bring another horse here. Guru Hargobind disagreed with this and said, no, no, forget it. At this point, now I'm going to battle it out on foot. So he takes his sword out uh, with his shield and he approaches the Mughal lines there. So another Mughal then steps in front of Lalabeg and begins to charge Guru Hargobind. Lalabeg yells out and says, no, 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 no. This is mine here. This is my duty here. This is my chance here. And, he's, and he yells, he gives orders to everybody in the army to step back, stop fighting. And because he's thinking now he's going to duel Guru Hargobind. And uh, Lalabeg's thinking, all right, either I kill him or he kills me. This is my fate. Forget it. Uh, remember, you know, just a couple of verses back at the end of the last chapter, he had just given up. He was just distraught. He was like, my whole family's killed. I didn't think this would be such a disaster. Forget it. He At that point, he kind of left all desire to live. He was just like, either this is it. Either I die or I kill Guru Hargobin. So he has that mentality right now that, you know, either he's going to bring back Shah Jahan's horses or whatever. I'm going to give my life right here in this dirt that my family um, had given their life in. So he tells everybody, all right, step back and now just watch this. Guru Hargobind sees this, sees the orders that he's given, his warriors are pulling back, he sends out the same orders to his soldiers, he says, alright, everybody step back and stop. So now both of these warriors, Guru Hargobind on one side, Lalabeg on the other, are approaching each other. Both of them are geared up, both of them are pumped up, walking towards each other. Both of the armies on each side are watching their leaders now going at it. Both of these armies have hopes in their leaders that would end this. Both of the warriors are, are excellent, have been trained for many years, for their entire life on Chesarvidya, on, on the battle, on, on the, the science of weapons, how to fight. Both of them will be the cause of their victory. And both of them are fighting uh, righteously, like in a fair manner. Both of them are not on horses, both of them are on foot. Uh, the text mentions that both of them are like tigers stalking each other or like massive elephants, insanely strong. And both of them both have a, just a shield and a sword. So, enraged, while Lalabeg was just enraged, he just lunges at Guru Hargobind and comes close. He has a very long sword, it describes. Karachol is the name of it. So he comes and strikes down at Guru Hargobind and Guru Hargobind blocks it with a shield and says, Alright, come on man. Do another strike. What was that? Just do one more strike because after that, I'm going to finish you off, man. I'm going to put you in this dirt as well. At that point, Lalobeg was just amazed that Guru Hargobind is just not even, he doesn't even care at this point. He's asking him to strike down, right? So he recognizes Guru Hargobind's bravery and that he wants him to do another strike. So he does another strike in vain, like it misses. And Guru Hargobind then approaches very quickly with that strike and lifts up his arm. 
and, and strikes down, but Lalabeg with his shield is able to quickly uh, block it, but then in blocking it he realizes he's in a, a vulnerable position, so he just jumps back and uh, he clears some distance here. Guru Hargum is like, hey, yells out to him, he's like, what are you doing, you coward? Stand still, where are you going? Um, come strike at me, like, where are you thinking you're gonna run and save yourself? So he basically calls he calls him out. Lalabeg's super pissed when he hears this. He pulls himself together. He starts running at uh, Guru Hargobind again. And uh, in running, he's just striking wildly, striking many times. Guru Hargobind um, blocks it, positions himself again in a good position, then indicates a strike that he's going to go low on Lalabeg. So Lalabeg sees this faint, like a, a fake, and he kind of lowers his body. He crouches down, puts his shield down, low, to protect his leg. Quickly then, Guru Hargobind lifts his sword up and cuts his neck off clean. It's as if the text says, like, uh, a soap bar being broken in half, cleanly. And as Lalabeg's head just falls on the ground, his eyes are remaining open, like looking at Guru Hargobind. And his head falls on the ground, it says like a coconut falling uh, from a tree because of heavy winds. And his body falls on the ground, heavy, like a like a tall tree being cut down in the forest. So, Lalabeg, thinking that he was going to protect his legs, left an opening up top, um, and Guru Hargobind capitalized on that by cutting uh, his neck off there, his head off. So the text mentions how Lalabeg here lost his head. He died right in front of Guru Hargobind, and he and in doing so, he was like looking at Guru Hargobind when he died. And because of that, Lalabeg also went um, to heaven and was liberated in that act. And this is how now chapter 53 ends here. And the next chapter where we're going to pick up speaks about the final uh, components of the battle and Guru Hargobind's victory. And that's where we're going to pick up next time. So we'll see you then. Guru Arjun Sahib, the man of power, may Allah Jabe. Sir, Sir, Allah.